0: The different. Uh, I was just asked a little bit ago um, by, by one of our, our young, young women, you know, the, where did evil come from? And there are lots of very, very long, complex, thorough answers to this. That's not what I'm going to give you right now. Instead, I'm going to just give you a very shortened version of this. Evil comes from us, and evil comes from the choices that free beings make. Some people say, well, if God created everything, he had to create evil. No, but he created beings with the capacity to choose. They chose evil. It doesn't go to God, it goes to us. If you'd like to read about this problem, uh, it is called theophany, T-H-E-O-P-H-A-N-Y, theophany, the problem of the existence of evil. There were so many, and still are, so many atheists that think they've gotcha. If God created all things and there's evil here, then God created all evil, therefore he's not good. Or if God is all good, then he would stop all evil. God, all evil isn't stopped, therefore God's not good. I, they, and Euclid and, and several others, way back before Jesus' time, tried to pull that one as well. It's not that we choose evil. Now, I want you to think about this, but I don't want to change your plans, and I feel like I might be. What if, after today, you've decided to go eat some Mexican food? Now, I love Mexican food. I I could eat it every day. There have been times I have. There are only four or five ingredients. They they give it different names for its shape. That's all. Uh, And and so, I'm going to go, and I'm going to sit there, and they'll bring out the basket of chips. The basket of chips. I always, as soon as I lay it down, I say, you're going to need to keep these coming. Now, are chips good for me? No. Nope. Could they be damaging me? Uh-huh. Therefore, I should stop eating them? Uh-uh. I choose this. So, later on, if I'm laying in a hospital, clogged arteries, I can't look up at God and say, why God? God didn't do it. I chose it. Now, there are some things that are different you know i could get a cancer that had nothing to do with behavior or diet i understand this there are answers to these questions we will try to work on those later because we plan to go through the book of job here but it's going to be a few months all right so just be aware of that that said the difference between god and satan is love satan somehow and again we're getting we get echoes of this rather than a treatise in scripture didn't approve of the plan of God, did not feel it would work, did not feel we would ever be worthy, doesn't feel we're worth the investment. The difference between God and Satan is that God loves you and Satan does not. However, Satan knows that if he comes at you and says, I don't love you, the odds are you're not going to pay that much attention to him. So instead, what Satan does is promise you love and leads you to ruin every single time he'll say, you know what would make you happy? This pill. Next thing you know, you're addicted. You know what would make you happy? Leave your wife, because that lady's cuter, and she likes you. Your wife knows you, so she doesn't. (laughs) Uh, So go over there. You go over there. What happens? Again and again and again, Satan promises good to you, but never delivers. God always delivers, and so Maybe that'll help. But yes, there are differences in magnitudes of power and ability, of course. But the main difference is love. The ambition, pride, and stubbornness proved his downfall. Jude, verse 6. The angels who did not keep their positions of authority, and and I'm going to come to you here in a minute, Albert. Um, I call him Albert. He's Dr. Lemons, esteemed sir. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their own home These he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. Now, we don't know the background of what he just said. That's not in Scripture. There are some writings of the Jews that say some things that help us get a little bit more from this. It seems, and and, uh, I'm going to come to you after I make this statement. So it seems, and they're taught by some, that some angels are too powerful to be allowed to roam free. Therefore, they're locked up. Others say, I'm trying to remember the the poet, I think it might have been Alexander Pope, who called Satan God's dog because he had him on a chain. He could only go so far and no further. So even that, we don't know what the chains are. Some say the chains are, they reduce their ability. So I'm going to go over to what, what's, your, what's your take on this?
1: Well, first of all, one of the things that Satan does is he promises you one thing, but because of our moral nature, not only takes what you have, but who you are.
0: Very well phrased, yes.
1: And uh, to this other matter, it, it really is my faith that, that the archangel, I mean, there was one angel that was in charge of everything, both in the celestial realm and what was of the terrestrial, which was only this sphere at that time, from verse one. And, uh, and he coveted rather than covering God's throne, and he wanted to emerge, obviously, and he, so you're right. God did not create evil, but he created a moral framework of both angels and people, and the very idea of a morality is to be able to make a choice. And, and that's, you know, that's implied in morality and obviously and as we said last time from revelation 12 there's a possibility that a third of all the angels uh, followed him <clears throat> and because of the nature of God's holiness in the celestial realm it could not tolerate a dual will and when that emerged it had to be removed and so then that takes us that brings us into this planet mm-hmm. now only other uh, the matter about that kept not their first estate it just simply means that the word tartarus which is used in second peter chapter 3 uh, is that place reserved and that the the way to determine the ones that were released as emissaries for satan in this in history um, is just something that has never been settled we know that they are here and jesus christ in the last sermon he preached matthew 25 for satan and his angels going into the everlasting darkness and so they weren't his hand, they weren't his And When you get to the book of Job, there'll be some other very interesting things to talk about mm-hmm. then.
0: There aren't, okay. Well, our enemy is constantly described by God as wise, and we should remember this. We should remember that he is wise, and therefore don't take him lightly. We also need to see what happens when wisdom is not tempered by love and grace. He has wisdom but he doesn't have love and grace. We, anytime we learn something and have wisdom, there should be love and grace. And I'm, I'm gonna bring this to a really uh, universal issue. You, dads and moms know more than four-year-olds. And if they so choose, they can make a four-year-old feel like a failure, stupid, dumb, and always doing wrong. Or they can take their wisdom and use grace and love in the raising of the child to give them space and help. You see what I mean? Satan has wisdom, but he does not have grace and love. He does not have a high view of you. He will never have a high view of you. Um, there were songs back in the 70s, you know, Satan bites the dust and all this, and, and it was this whole idea of I, I can just throw him out and stomp on him and, you know, shoot you down. Oh, don't poke the bear. Do not poke him. He is not afraid of you. And he can take you. I don't mean by taking your soul against your will. I mean he's got. I'm... Catholic Church isn't the only one. There are other churches with this right now. And in northern Ohio. It was a very strange man. When we first came to America. We, we moved to Ohio. And that was in the, uh, the 80's. And Ernest Angsley. All right, I heard a couple people react. Okay. Uh, Very odd fellow. And every Sunday was doing healings on TV and throwing out Satan. And um, I could go on at some length here. Well, he is now being dragged into court. He's 97 years old now. But by men that are saying he sexually abused them. Is it true or not? I don't know. But what I do know is if you spend your life acting like you can just throw Satan around, he can wait. He can take some time and then come at you when there's not a thing you can do. So be careful about our attitude toward him. And as for the win of his fall, it could have been before Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. It could have been anywhere in there. The fall might not have been an event, but a process because we see him walking around in Job, but then Jesus, when he sends out some people, the evangelists, and they come back, and they talk about the, even, the, even the demons responded to us in your name. Jesus said, I saw Satan thrown out of heaven. In Revelation 12, he's thrown out of heaven. It's that timing and what they mean. Did Jesus mean he saw it some time back? And so is letting them know this has been done, or did it happen when people first started following Jesus and using the name of Jesus? That's not nailed down, at least in my opinion. Uh, do you do you have a take on that, or do you well, want
1: Doctor Jack Lewis, the greatest teacher that
0: I just ever passed? Had, he yeah. just passed.
1: He believed that Luke 10, the statement in verse 18, there uh, was the result of the fall. You know, we we see the result of that anyway, and not that in one occasion. That he saw it as such. And okay.
0: That so, so, more process. That's correct. Right. That's okay. Correct. Yes, sir. And I have no, I, that's the way I look at it, because like I said, you see, it doesn't seem to be a one time thing. Uh, and we're going to go to Revelation 12 now. The Bible indicates that many angels, but not most, went with the devil. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. And again, this is symbolic, poetic. Uh, Patrick, Language. I, I yes. really
1: wonder what what happened when a third of them were removed from the celestial realm. Who took up the slack there? Maybe we can on the other side.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be angels, but who knows? Um, and by the way, we're not going to be angels when we die. Stop that. I hear, and especially when somebody loses a child and somebody says, "Well, God needed another angel." Don't you dare Amen. accuse God of killing a child because he needed he had a staffing problem. Don't do that. We're not going to be angels. In fact, angels are going to be serving us yes. in heaven. Yes. And if you get all excited about that, I would suggest that you have the, the wrong attitude there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to heaven to, so we can finally live in Downton Abbey. Uh, we're, um, I actually enjoyed that show because English people were suffering, and who doesn't want to watch that? Um, these angels... I'm, we're not sure of all the ins and outs. You remember, Paul said some of these things when you see them, it's not lawful to speak about. You went not There are some other things there we'll talk about too. Let's go to the next one, Revelation chapter 20. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell. And that word hell is a very complex one. We're going to need to put on a a whole class on that kind of stuff. Putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. Once again, that um, concept that some are tied up, chained up, might just be poetic language. Um, Before we even talk about it, let's go to the next scriptures. Do we have all of them? Yeah, that's all of them put together. No, we don't. Hang on. Do I want to go there yet? I don't. Sorry. The angels stand condemned and they know it. Now, I've had people say, "Well, can't they repent?" No. Right. Because they cannot die. There, there's no uh, plan of salvation for angels. Right. They saw God and they rejected Him. You and I are going on faith. It's, all, it's a whole different ball game for us than it is for them. We're not related to angels. And they saw the throne room of God and decided to join the strike. No, there's no way back for them. Uh, the fall may have been an event or a progression, a journey and again I said, uh, and Dr. Lemons agrees that uh, it's a we think it's a process. He walks in and out of heaven and we do hear very little directly about him in the Old Testament. and again, if you just knew, some of the old stuff that's out there from Mesopotamia, uh, you would realize how starkly odd this is. There are rooms in the British Museum, and I've been in a couple of them, not as a scholar at all, but as a visitor allowed to see them, that are, well, they're not this big, but they're pretty big. And they're just rows of clay tablets and uh, others, rows of parchments, I noticed everywhere. And I asked the, the person to let me in, why are they here and not on display? And the response was, well, they've never even been translated. And I went, what? Why, how long have you had them? I thought, yeah, if you had, got them Tuesday. Fair enough. But no, they've been in there since the 1800s when archaeology began to take off. I'll say, well, then why? And they said, well, a couple of reasons. One, whoever translates them has to be paid to do it they have bills, they have a family, and people don't want to do that. You know, how, what would you feel like if this afternoon somebody knocked on the door and said, we found a couple of ancient manuscripts, not sure if they're worth anything or not, but we need 60 bucks from you. That's your part. We go, no, it's kind of like archaeology is a great job, but there are only four jobs, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that bad. But you know what I mean? And so there aren't people to do it. That's one. But here he said the main reason is they are so repetitive and boring. Just, and I'll come to you, they're just accounts. So-and-so sold a cow to so-and-so ad infinitum. Or prayers to deities who we've never even heard of. And they all sound the same. And so we try to figure out which ones are important and, and triage them. Yes, sir.
1: I've walked in those same rooms and I'm so fascinated and here's what happened. The clay around Mesopotamia was of such a nature and those, those tablets are like porcelain. Uh-huh. Did you know that they talk about the flood? Oh, yes. And any number, they, they validate Genesis in a remarkable way.
0: Yeah, the, the saga of um, Gil- Gilgamesh and all Gil- of that. Gilgamesh right? yeah, yeah, is right. Yes. Um, all of that's there, so yes. Uh, the ones we have translated, some of them are really amazing. Most of them are dead boring. and so, But a lot of them talk about this God and against this demon and against that demon and against that demon. And then you read in the Old Testament, and there's so little uh, demonology taught. We do hear about him, and we do hear a little bit about the demons, but basically just to prove the point that they're, they're there, but they're not as important as God. Um, and I think that that was done as a way of dissing, to use a more 1990s term, dissing the devil to say, eh, he's not important enough, focus on God. And that is, by the way, the best way to deal with the devil. Don't go at him, instead go at Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Uh, and again, we can talk more about that if you have questions or the like. At the foot of Sinai, the devil showed up. In the raging waters, they were afraid of demons. Giving people false confidence in other gods. We see his tracks there, but he is not a star of the Old Testament because in God's eyes, he's not a star anymore. He was Lucifer, a shining star, a morning star, not anymore. Then we get to the New Testament and everything changes very quickly. Why? Why? A lot of ideas about that, but one of them is, in the intervening centuries, they'd been around like the Zoroastrians. They understood more about demonic activity, and they began to speak more about it. Uh, some people, and again, this is not talking out of turn, I talked to him when he wrote the book. Joe Beam, who used to preach here, wrote a book called The Unseen Realm, or Seeing the Unseen. And he, one of his ideas was that since so much goodness had arrived here with Jesus' presence, then the devil had to crank up much more evil against him. And I, I know what he meant, and I just, I talked to him very, via email, by the way, uh, saying, I, that smacks of dualism. And he came back, and he said, he, he saw my point, and he was very, very gracious. Uh, I don't believe that it just swelled up because Jesus was so good, I do believe, however, that the devil did marshal his best to come at Jesus and the apostles because he saw if Jesus completes this plan, the, the lake of fire is all he's got to look forward to. It's over. Did you have something?
1: Yes. Okay. In, that, in one of those books that you referred to this morning that you love, Zechariah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually do love it, but I tell people that and they go, I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> In chapter 3. After the second temple was built, completed in 516, and God now wanted to reestablish a high priestly order that had continued through David, uh, and the devil literally stood up before the prophet Joshua, the, the priest Joshua and said, you can't do that. He did not want the priestly reign to go ahead, uh, you know, to follow. And yet, who? what audacity does the devil have to stand up against God and say, you can't do that? Uh-huh
0: exactly and what i the way i would look at it is instead of standing he's trying to fake us out into thinking he has the authority to countermand god now if you're thinking well who would do that really i've had many people say i know leaving my wife is wrong but i know that god wants me to be happy and be with this other woman you going what you, you thought God could counter, rather the devil can counter man to what God says? You know, we're, we always want to be the exception. No, it's not the way this works. Well, um, Jesus, and I'll put up slide 12 there, uh, doesn't treat Satan or demons as interesting philosophical constructs or as handy personifications of evil. He treats them as sentient thinking beings that exist in every sense of the word, and they will often try to talk to you with great authority. Just to add to what I said a while ago about the man leaving wife, if you go into third world countries, which we don't say third world anymore, we say emerging world, but if you go into them and you see more demonic stuff and you come back to America and people will say, well, then why doesn't he show himself here? My response is always, he doesn't have to. Take a look at your newspapers and politicians. They're already countermanding God. They're already telling you, standing before the prophet saying, no, you can't do that. They're, um, you you want to be kicked off of uh, social media or kicked off of um, politics. All you have to do is believe in Jesus and be open about it. And again... What happened to Mike Pence when he talked about his faith and talked about how his his love of his wife was? He would not be alone in a room with a, a, another woman without his wife there. How did they howl and go after him? And they're going after him to this day. This last week, I saw several of them on Twitter use some very foul language about him, and the reason was they they were trying to rally the troops, saying, "Don't." Um, don't impeach Trump because he's next and he's worse. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Loving your wife makes you a danger to your culture. That would indicate to me there are some demons loose in the culture. Amen. So just be aware, when you already worship sex, pleasure, and power, the devil doesn't need to show up. He's already there. Um... In the first chapter of Mark, Jesus confronts a demon in the synagogue. Please remember this. Churches are not entirely to blame for bad people. Some people come to church already possessed by a demon. They they bring the demon with them. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. People were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority. I want to stop there. There was an authoritarian way that Jesus taught, but have you ever been around a lot of Jews? I, I have, and uh, some of them became my best friends, and one of them saved my life, a, a surgeon in Ohio uh, who, to this day, you know, I love dearly. Even though we've lost touch, I love dearly. Uh, I think I've brought this up before. When I'd be in university with them, and you have a break, you go down to the Coke machine, and whoever is gone would bring back for others if they if they came back and they brought you one it was of course only polite to say let me pay it for you and if they went no 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 then you didn't need to pay him but if they said no what's 50 cents they meant you paid them 50 cents Jewish communication has patterns and it's, it's with questions and it's on the other hand and it's, and I I love it, you know, white people can, they have a different way of communicating than African-American, let's just, the fact is, I'm not saying they're wrong, we're right, what I'm saying is, I can understand a teacher up there going, well, you know this, and it could be this, and there was a teacher who said this, and Jesus standing up saying this, and they're going, that's different, all right, what happens? He taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, I love that, just then. Surprise. In their synagogue. We're only 21 verses into the entire story of Jesus' life. Who was a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit, cried out. And here's where, this is one of the reasons we don't read scripture aloud like we used to in churches. Because we used to read it with passion and with drama. And growing up in most of my life, it was like, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come? And it killed reading publicly, didn't it? Absolutely killed it. You almost need to scream this. I'm not going to. But you what do you want to do with us, Jesus? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you they won't even let him answer. They're like, oh, uh, holy one. And Jesus then immediately says, all right, we have to do an exorcism here. This is going to take a long time, probably two weeks worth. We're going to need blankets and water. I'm not really sure why, but they always do Uh, somebody get a crucifix, I'll explain it to you later, it won't make sense now. Uh, We're going to do the Lord's Prayer backwards, and then we're going to need to do this, that, and the other, and then we're going to need to stand around. No, it's the quickest movie in the world. This is The exorcist, Exorcist, the first version. Shut up. Now, I want you to think about this. These are people that were terrified of the devil, and should be. You and I aren't going to go up against him. And he just turns around, shut up, get out. That's what he says, by the way. I brought this up once, and a little girl came up to me, and she goes, you said shut up. I said, yes, I did. She said, my mama says you're not allowed to say shut up. I went, shut up. And I, oh, I mean, <laughs> I did that on purpose. I, I like to rattle cages. We, um, why is it we always tell kids things that aren't true? You're not allowed to say shut up, because there are times you need to shut up. You need to shut that. Uh, quiet get out and that's it the evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a with a shriek now if the devil's not afraid of you and he can smash you but jesus is able to look at a demon and say get out of here what would be a smart thing to do hang out with jesus all right does it mean you won't get hurt no, take a look at Jesus' inner circle. None of them lived to get their social security. But the devil didn't get a one of them. We're all going to die. But it doesn't have to be that the devil gets you before you die. So hang out with the strong guy. Hang out. So, yes. Where, oh, please. and oh, sometimes I don't see you, no, so no, no. please
1: interrupt any time. Oh, yes, <laughs> we must uh, spend a moment... This is one of the classic illustrations to me that var- validates that the demons were the spirits of the nephilim who had had a battle before and knew and they lost. See, the apostles are with Jesus now and these demons know more about him than they do. And I'm sure the apostles look at each other and say, what's going on here? When this demon says, Jesus, our son of David, If you come beforehand to torment us? And that is an interesting thing. But another thing is, because this, they had lived in a body, in a warm body of a giant. And we see them later in, in that level, I think it's a, it's a, a subset of uh, fallen angels really, a demon is. And uh, we see them when they were taken out of a human being, they wanted to go even into swine. Incidentally, yeah. that's when God answered the devil's prayer, but also that's <laughs> the beginning of devil's ham.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> deviled ham <laughs> I get it all right well done uh, always said, turned pork soup when they ran off there um, the, um, and again I understand where you, where you come from here look at this so the people were so amazed that they asked each other what is this yeah. new teaching with authority he even gives orders to evil spirits and they, he gives orders and they obey him news about him spread quickly over the whole region now think about this The demon showed an understanding of his ultimate fate. He showed some power over the body of a human being. He showed some supernatural knowledge, but not all supernatural knowledge, or he wouldn't have said, is it now that you've come to torment us? What what do I have to... So they they know more than you, but they don't know as much as God. All right? so They are more powerful than you, not as powerful as God. They know more than you. So don't think that you're going to out... You know, you're, you're... you're going to be one to outsmart the devil. No, no, you're not. Look at um, Matthew 8. Again, take a look at what they know, but what they don't know. He arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, or the Gergesenes, or the Gerasenes. It's it's written all kinds of ways. Two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to tor- torture us before the appointed time? Right. Now, I'm going to talk to you about appointed time. And uh, I haven't even talked to Albert about this, so I may be in a totally different page than you. People, if you're wondering when is God going to return, I'm going to tell you he's going to return when it's right time. And some people will say, well, what date is that? And they're always looking for the date. I don't think it's a date. Right. I think it's a situation. Look at it this way. My daughter would come to me. She never did, but we're pretending. Let's say she's 14 or 15, and she goes, this guy asked me if I can go to a movie with him. And, and let's say I like that guy. He's a great Christian young man. And I say, no, you can't because you're 14 or 15. You can't date. And she goes, well, when can I? The mistake most parents do here is give a date when you're 16. No, no. What I said is, when I think you're ready. That's what I would have said, I was ready. But then she was not interested in dating, and it was finally, it's like, girl, come on. Um, they had, but how, oh, here's a better one, driving. When can I drive? Don't give them a date. You say, I will know. And there came a day that I knew, she's trustworthy, she's smart, she's wise. And so I took her down to take her test. What she didn't know is that I had also called for Cammie, who was working at that time, to come over and meet us there. So that when she came out and she had, I passed. We hugged. Now you did great. And then I handed her keys. I said, there's the car. We'll see you at home later on. You want me to drive home? Well, you don't have to right now. Well, where am I supposed to go? I said, you can go to the mall. You can go visit a friend. She goes, well, if I have an accident, I said, I pay people to worry about that. Don't worry. Yeah, uh, it was a Buick we had inherited from a relative. That thing had more metal in it than a tank. Uh, you're, you'll be good. You know, we'll pray for the soul of the person who ran into you. Um, and it was all because we knew it was time. She was good. So I don't think there's a date. So quit looking for dates. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them. Ooh, foreshadowing drama. A large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. So he said to them, Go. Oh. Again, this is a short movie. There's no exorcism. There's no, oh, we're all going to bleed here and the walls are going to. No, he said, Get. He probably said get, but like a Tennessean would. But there's no Greek for get. Get get, that's it. A get in Britain is a whole different thing. A get in Britain is an idiot. And so when people say get out, I'm going, who, which one of us should leave? Anyway, um, you drive us out, send us into the pegs. So they came out, went to the bags. the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. <clears throat> Alright. Some knowledge, but all know- not all knowledge or they would have known that was not a good move. I want you to think about this, and again, um, I've told this story before, but I was at the University of Michigan for three days, back when we still lived in West Virginia, so I didn't really know the lay of the land. The guy brought me up there to be the token Christian in this big discussion, and one of the people talked about Jesus broke the law because he's God, and if he's God, and he knows what's going to happen, he deprived the man of his property, and I said, you know, God's never been pro-pig. And his people weren't supposed to be around pigs. So he did an exorcism and a depigification. And it, that is too a word because I just wordified it. And so pigs took a bath.
1: The pigs drowned, but the yep. demons just had a bath.
0: That's right. They, the Bible talks about they, they walk in dry, waterless places looking for somewhere else to go. Uh, now the Catholics tell us in their theology... The demons can possess people but not things, I'm not as certain about the not things because I've walked into rooms before and gone, and there was nobody in the room, and I've gone, I'm going to just walk out of this room. And I'm not a spooky guy that sees things behind trees. And stuff. It's just kind of like something bad happened here, and it's never been cleaned up, and somebody's already here. And in Daniel chapter 10, they do take territories, and it might be the small territory, this little thing, some of you might be now thinking of a car you owned, but I don't think it was that. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> how about this one? Luke eleven twenty four 24 through 26. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean, put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they go and live there, and the final condition of that man is worse than the first. Let's, let's do this whole gestalt here, this whole thing. Uh, why, when it leaves, does it come back and find that you cleaned it? I'm going to use a man, and, and I really hate this because I might be slandering, and I don't mean to. I'm trying to use an illustration, so please allow me to use an illustration. Woody Allen has been in analysis for 40-some years psychoanalysis, why isn't he well? Well, as a former shrink, I believe a lot of people go, I think all truth is God's truth. Therefore, if you go to a psychologist, even if that psychologist is an atheist, yet they have um, some modalities, behaviorism, cognitive therapy, RET, whatever it is, and they work with you and they show, shine some light on part of your life, that the devil no longer owns that part. But if you don't fill that part with Jesus, it's a temporary fix. You're going to slide back. Uh, Again, I do not mean to be slanderous here, but there's a Hollywood star this week who has gone back into rehab for the third time. Now, first of all, addiction is a lot harder than anybody knows unless you're an addict. It's hard. Think of the hardest thing, no, it's harder than that. It is, you're fighting your entire wiring and nervous system at this point. So never look down on them for having to go back the third time. But I look at this and I think, Ben's gonna have to go back for a fourth time if he doesn't put the right thing in there. Look at it this way. There are many, I don't care how clean your house is, there are bugs in it, because bugs are bugs. And you live in the South where they're organized. It could be worse. You could live in New York City where rats and cockroaches outnumber the people. They do. And it doesn't matter. Your house, could, your apartment could be very clean. Turn on the light and you still see some cockroaches run. So you sweep and you sweep and you clean and you clean and you do your best. And then you, you turn off the lights and leave. Come back, you turn on the lights. And they, what happened? You turned off the lights. That's my illustration. You have to live in the light. The light of Jesus. Or they come back. Thanks for tidying up for us. When it arrives, and, and I read music history for fun, and sometimes it isn't fun, because every time it's the same old story. Ripped off by the, the people around them, leechers and hangers on come, sex, 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 drugs, 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 complete failure. And I'm gone. Maybe these people should have been reading the books before they got their first record. It's just amazing. Clean it up, clean it up. And how many times they they clean up and go back, clean up and go back. Um, Get Jesus in. Don't just clean it up. Get Jesus in. Now, if you're going to a psychologist right now, a counselor, licensed professional counselor, whatever you're going to, and they're helping you, am I saying that you should not go there no, please continue treatment. Please, if you're if you're on medicine, take the medicine, but add to this Jesus. As the lights are turning on, bring more and more Jesus in your life. Okay, please understand. I am pro counseling, but I'm I'm very much pro adding Christ into the mix. Um, anything before I go to the next one? Okay, except that um, I'm confident
1: that because of because of the fact that they, that angels were spirits only, and that a human being is flesh and spirit, that God gave us an edge, and the reason that angels of course then couldn't be forgiven because they couldn't repent, but you and I can repent, and he's made a provision for that, mm-hmm. but anything all the way up
0: to the death of Jesus was but a credit card. The debt was paid oh, yeah. on the cross. And I, th- I think rather than moving on, I think that's a good way to end. Thank you, and thank you, Albert.